Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo, and I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I'd like to thank you for joining me on the podcast and also encourage you to check out my website, Quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net, where you'll find over 3,600 of my written reviews stemming back all the way to 1996, Quipster.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at the latest Steven Spielberg-directed film. It's called Bridge of Spies. It's a drama and with some thriller elements. And it's a PG-13 film for some violence and some brief strong language, and it runs two hours and 21 minutes. The cast is primarily Tom Hanks is the star. Also supporting roles go to Mark Rylance, Amy Ryan, Alan Alda, Sebastian Koch. The screenplay is by Mark Sharman, but the uh, the screenplay was rewritten basically by the Cohen brothers, Joel and Ethan Cohen. The film is set in 1957, at the beginning anyway, and it's in the bit, the midst of the Cold War that is existing between the United States and the Soviet Union, uh, Tom Hanks stars as a New York-based insurance lawyer named James B. Donovan. He's a by-the-book guy uh, through and through, and he's called upon by the United States representatives to provide legal defense for a man named Rudolph Abel. He's Abel's a longtime Brooklyn resident who has been accused of espionage for the Soviet Union for many years. The United States feels it's an open and shut case, but Donovan still makes his takes his role very seriously. He's unwilling to play uh, patriot by undermining his client to provide information to the CIA. And when he's out in the public, uh, he can see that the public at large begins to despise him for trying to defend a man for supplying information to a country that is threatening the United States with nuclear annihilation, among many other things. Knowing that his client could get the death penalty for his alleged crimes should he be convicted, Donovan beseeches the already biased judge for leniency, citing that Abel would be good to have alive and incarcerated in case one of our spies ends up getting caught in a communist country. Donovan's insight bears fruit later on when a U-2 pilot a U-2 plane, a uh, pilot named Powers is shot down flying a recon mission in Russian airspace. The U.S. wants him back before the Soviets manage to extract sensitive intel from him while he's in their custody, so that makes it now the time to play their trump card of Able for Powers. And there's only one master negotiator that they've come to trust to get this job done who wouldn't have information to give of his own should he be captured uh, behind enemy lines, that's James B. Donovan. However, Donovan threatens to muck up the works a bit when he tries to get two political prisoners for the price of one when he requests the release of an American student named Pryor who was also captured behind the Berlin Wall and put into prison there. Tom Hanks, who is here working with Steven Spielberg's direction for the fourth time and the first time in over a decade, uh, he's delivering the quality and finely nuanced portrayal that you've come to expect every time out of the box from Hanks. And there's perhaps no finer actor working today who can really embody that old-fashioned spirit of a conscientious human being whose character has him always searching for the best possible outcome for those around him, even at the cost of his own reputation or the relative safety of himself or his family. Now, there are other actors who could have portrayed the Constitution-thumping Boy Scout uh, Donovan, uh, but they most likely would have come off just a hair too hokey. Hanks makes his characters 
warmth, and his goodness not only believable, but it's also refreshingly different than most of the heroic protagonists that you can find in films today. Donovan, as shown here, is a man who persuades you with reasoned arguments instead of sheer force. And he, you know, he does so with the kind of intelligence and, uh, and sensitivity that I think makes him very interesting to follow. Uh, it may be a little bit old school, but in today's world, it does feel somewhat new. Now, speaking of the quality that you expect, Bridges Spies, of course, is another terrific effort from the ever-reliable Steven Spielberg. I think that the only flaw that, that Spielberg seems to have uh, anymore in, in terms of his filmmaking is in keeping his runtime from getting away from the story. Uh, this story, even though it's, you know, it's definitely historically significant, it doesn't have that kind of sweep, that range that you would find in, in movies like, say, uh, Munich or Lincoln or Saving Private Ryan or something like that is definitely a smaller story and it doesn't need an epic length. So at two hours and 21 minutes, it gets to be a bit creaky at times, especially when there are some subplots that seem to trail off as the movie goes along. Uh, now Spielberg isn't really new to biographical period piece political dramas. Uh, the aforementioned Munich, of course, Lincoln, uh, they both garnered best picture nominations and you know, obviously all of these are well over two hours in runtime. However, you know, given the, the excessive length, I think, for Bridge of Spies, I think it's also well presented. There's a, there's a real painstaking detail to establish the story's time and place. So, you know, it's kind of hard to truly carp about the length of time. I think, I think when you're, you're, you're dealing with how much effort really went into the making of this film to see a lot of it just get put onto the cutting room floor would be kind of a shame, I suppose. And it is beautifully shot. There's a real fantastic sense of the mood of the film, of the story by uh, Janusz Kaminski, and uh, who also shot Lincoln, by the way, which was really stunning. Uh, he really perfectly captures that granular, that gray look of the late 1950s and early 1960s, and that makes it a real treat for the eyes. I... You, I don't typically notice this uh, from most films, but Bridge of Spies really has some of the best sound and Foley work I've heard in a film. I love, I mean, just listening to quiet moments, you can hear all of the creaks of the wooden chairs as people sit on them or shift in them. And there's a, uh, the, the audible pressure exerted as people tread over hardwood floors. You can hear the little squeaks and little... It's really fine-tuned, and on that level, I really appreciated that because the film does have a lot of quiet moments in between. Uh, Thomas Newman does the score. It's one of the, perhaps the first Sp Steven Spielberg film to be uh, scored by somebody other than John Williams who had some sort of um, some medical difficulties, uh, which is fine now, um, but he was uh, uh, unable to, to join Spielberg for this film, but... Uh, Newman does a good job here, uh, even though uh, I think that some people will feel that he's cribbing a little too much from John Williams from time to time and not quite as successfully. The screenplay, of course, as I mentioned, is by Joel and Ethan Cohen, who rewrote the original script by Mark Sharman. Uh, they do a really marvelous job at applying sympathy to people, these characters that are caught in the spy game. And it sees them as people first, and they're, they're usually scared, and they don't really have a particular axe to grind other than 
they feel that they're doing what they what they think is their patriotic duty. Obviously, people have their own allegiances, um, and if they're caught, the the country that catches them is probably not going to be very pleased, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it, it was a capital offense. The electric chair would not have been out of the question here for Abel, but as with other Spielberg's uh, uh, political dramas, uh, they're well set in the past, but they're still commenting ever so subtly on fundamental issues that we wrangle with today. Such things as privacy, due process for foreigners who are looking to harm the country, uh, government-stoked fear and paranoia. You know, in this film, we see a lot of allusions to the uh, nuclear uh, uh, exchanges that could happen if things escalate between the United States and the Soviet Union. And certainly kids from an early age are watching videos or, or films uh, about uh, what to do if there's a nuclear blast. You know, they basically tell the kids to hide under their desk with their backs to the windows and uh, as if that was going to help. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's that kind of uh, uh, shocking movie for kids who are you know, obviously, you know, there's probably a reason why the public was very hostile to any Russians or Russian spies or Soviet Union. Uh, they, we were very resistant, resistant to it. And, I, I, you know, after the very anti-communist uh, craze of, let's say, the McCarthy hearings and things like that, um, you know, this is definitely at the, at the very peak of the Cold War. Uh, there's this capability for hostility, too, among normally polite American people. Um, we see... Uh, People aren't so kind uh, to uh, to Donovan uh, and, and also his family, and it, it can be really shocking uh, how people basically are are treating Donovan for even just trying to apply due process to actually fulfill the role in the Constitution to defend uh, Abel. You know, his his. He, should be given a fair trial, and yet uh, everybody thinks that he's basically being a traitor himself for actually fulfilling his role, his civic duty, which was asked upon him by the U.S. government itself. And, uh, you know, I think also the film showcases how ignoring the ideals that we in the United States were founded upon in the pursuit of quick justice or, uh, you know, try trying to... Uh, do what we think is the right thing independent of what the laws actually dictate, I think that that also can cost us, as the United States, so much more as an idealistically moral and proud nation. Um, and I think that it speaks to all of, of many of these issues we wrangle with today. You know, as we look back at what went on in the Cold War and contrast how we treat uh, these things with the current treatment of the war on terrorism, it's basically here to strike a contrast between our ideals, our idealist situation, and that of today where we constantly are wrangling with what is the proper thing to do with these people that we may capture in this war on terrorism. So with along with a lot of other Spielberg films, especially his historical dramas, symbolism does abound. You know, when the film starts off, we see three images of Abel. We see him looking in a mirror while trying to paint a self-portrait because Abel was a painter uh, through his life. And we see him reflected through the mirror. We see his self-portrait and we see the man himself, which instantly suggests not only the double life that he leads, 
but also the different perspectives that we as the viewer can have on the same person depending on how we look at them. And that duality also extends into the use of say, such things as coins. You know, there's we see a hollowed out one uh, early in the film that contains a secret message within it. Uh, later on, we see another that contains a pin that w has poison on it as a means for suicide in case of capture. You know, these coins not only suggest the subversion of capitalism on the part of the communists through a symbol of our wealth, but also as our own march to our own extinction in the pursuit of it. And it also reveals that the United States and the Soviet Union, by and large, are two sides of the same coin in this regard, as well as these two sides of Berlin that are cut in half by the Berlin Wall. And later on, we two sides of a symmetrical bridge. Mirror images and similar reflections are play a key role in Bridge of Spies. Now, Bridge of Spies isn't edgy or groundbreaking. It's, it's Spielberg content to tell a straightforward tale in a very classic Hollywood tradition. He sees his role to craft a movie based directly on the story and the characters at hand without a lot of these great artistic flourishes and wild gimmicks that so many filmmakers, flashy filmmakers, think are needed in order to make a really uh, uh, edgy film that's going to garner them a lot of attention. Spielberg doesn't need attention. Everybody knows who he is. So he's just content to say, this is the story and this is the best way to tell it. Now, granted, because of the way that he tells a story, it may seem, Bridge of Spies I'm speaking of here, a bit slow and talky to viewers who are looking or and expecting great action set pieces to bolster their Cold War blockbusters. Obviously, there's a lot of spy movies that are coming out this year, whether it's a comedy like Spy or more traditional action ones like uh, Mission Impossible and and, the, and Spectre, the the latest James Bond film. So, uh, and even Man from Uncle. People look at those uh, those films and expect a lot of big action set pieces. Now, outside of one uh, really kind of uh, well-designed plane crash sequence that happens in the middle of the film, Spielberg, Spielberg actually keeps most of what we see uh, on the reel in terms of humanistic drama. He's not here to deliver Indiana Jones-type excitement, uh, something that would completely undermine, I think, the main themes and, and gist and, and thrust of the story. I would say the first half of this film, at least for me, and I've heard other people argue the other way, the first half to me is a bit more assured than the last half. But, uh, you know, we get a, a lot of ramp up to this courtroom action. We get the um, in the court sessions and arguments, uh, which are actually so, a lot of it taken from the actual transcripts. And then we have all of the thorny legal implications and being somebody who enjoys courtroom dramas. I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I liked it much more than the prisoner swap negotiations that happened in the second half of the film. And uh, I, I think what why I, I like the second ha half a little bit less is not just because we get out of the courtroom, but also because Spielberg in, in the second half has more obvious, more blatant attempts to shore up emotional beats for the film. Sometimes as Spielberg is wont to do, he steps into very syrupy territory, a little bit overly emotional, sometimes a little bit overly manipulative. And Bridges, Bridges Spies does this, but I think that at, at the very least, Spielberg tempers at least two or three scenes with, that are both pithy and assured for every one that goes into syrupy uh, territory. Intelligent, calculated, measured, and impeccably designed. 
That is what a seasoned film filmmaker like Spielberg can bring to the world of cinema that those newer and flashier directors can scarcely touch. Watching Spielberg at this point of his career is like observing a master chess player in this era of video game worthy theatrics. So I enjoyed Bridges Spies quite a bit. I struggled here as far as my overall rating, whether to give it a four star film uh, rating. It was, it's really right on the cusp. And as I've said on previous podcast episodes before, when I, when I'm on the, the line, when I'm mulling over between two different ratings, should I give it three and a half or should I give it four on a first time watch? I, my, my, my rule of thumb is to give it the lower of the two. If I watch it again and it holds up, I'll kick it up to the, the sec, the higher for sure. So that means as close as it can get without actually getting a four star review, I'm giving it a very high three and a half star review for Bridge of Spies, a very solidly made film from the great Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks once again at the top of his game with a good performance here. So I thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. Click the subscribe button if you haven't already and you continue to get my reviews. I also encourage you, if you happen to be on iTunes and you like the show, go ahead and leave a review. Let other people know what you think and, and that'll get me the exposure that I need to find newer audiences as well. Until next time, thank you everyone for listening. Please enjoy your time. I'm going to see this excellent movie.